Hello, nosy neighbors. This is Mary. And this is Kylie. And you are listening to Sipping with Snapped, a true crime podcast. So I poured you a shot of Jaeger. Jaegermeister. I love it. It's said to serve it ice cold and in shot form. Yep. So this thick and syrupy liquid, you ready to have a little shot? Yes, I love Jaeger personally. Really? <laughs> ready? Yep. Go. Ah. Uh, okay. It's like licorice. Black licorice. Like black licorice. Not a fan. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so where I went to college mm-hmm. on Wednesday nights, they used to have dollar bomb night. Oh. And it was a Jaeger bomb. Ah, so it was this yes. plastic cup that had Jaegermeister in the middle and uh-huh. uh, an energy drink around the outside. That's what it is. Yes. And you would have that oh. doll. It's dangerous thinking about it now but since we were poor college kids you could only afford a few so adult yes <laughs> and then you're sh- you're schnitzeled so do you know why i poured a-, a jägermeister i guess it probably has to do with our case right yes did you know that germany is in our top 10 for listener locations no mm-hmm there are 83.2 million people in Germany. Mm-hmm. And I was told if we ever visit, we've got to get a beer and pretzel because the pretzel's bigger than your whole head. Oh, that sounds so good. Mm-hmm. Yes. A warm pretzel with a cold beer. And you know they've got both of those things down pat. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So I looked up the top drinks for Germany and Jägermeister was in the... Jägermeister was in the top five. Oh, yeah. I would assume that that... In- beer would oh, be yeah. pretty much <laughs> the top two <laughs> <laughs> you put on your leader hosen yeah exactly <laughs> go full oktoberfest yes 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 <laughs> before i start though our 100th episode is coming up so if anyone wants to send yes please send us stuff let us know that you love us send a sound bite yes send a sound bite we can feature the email sipping with snapped at gmail.com yes So send it, send it, send it. I did it. (laughs) Yay, I did it. (laughs) You ready to go to Germany with me? Oh, yes. What's um, hello in German? Why don't I know this? I know nine. I know no. I have no idea. Hola. No. (laughs) That's Spanish. All right, hold on. What is hello in German? In German, hello is hello. Oh, hello. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) So I've seen this name spelled with a K and with a C. Okay. So the first name is Carl. Ah. Carl with a K and Carl with a C. Yep. Carl. Carl Howe. His last name is spelled H-A-U. Ooh. When I Googled where we're going, Carl Howe was one of the two people listed under the, quote, notable people. All right. So he is famous. Notable. He's a big fish in that pond. <laughs> so Carl Howe was born on February 3rd, 1881. Oh, we going back there. We are going way back 1881 in Grossleten, germany mm-hmm. Grossleten, germany is in western germany i always have to picture where it is to see where it borders you know it, it's like the western kind of right in the middle west so his father i don't know if it's johan or if you pronounce the j in germany because it's j-o-h-a-n i think it's johan because i know in 
other locations like Norway, the J's are H's. Yeah, I believe it is. Only because I really love the show Dark. Mm -hmm. And it's in German. It's on Netflix. And his name would be pronounced Jonas, but it's Jonas. Jonas. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so Johan. And Johan was a bank director and his nameless mother, I've looked everywhere, she's no idea. She died when Carl was only three years old. Oh, okay. That makes more sense to me then. Yes. Carl was a very bright boy Mm -hmm. and he went on to study law at the University of Freiburg. Ooh, there's a Freiburg, Germany. There's a Freiburg, Germany. In 1901, while attending Freiburg, he contracted tuberculosis. Oh. Which was widespread in Europe at the time. Yeah, that's back when they wore those masks, right? The ones that look like birds? Yeah. I think so. Tuberculosis, aka TB, is an infectious disease and it's caused by bacteria. Uh-huh. TB usually affects the lungs. And I think that's why they wore the masks. Yeah, because you would start coughing up blood, right? Correct. Way back when, it was also called consumption. Yes. Due to the weight loss associated to the <gasps> disease. Oh. And to Typical symptoms, other than the weight loss, Uh include a chronic cough with bloody mucus, Uh fever, and night sweat. Yep. Sounds like menopause. Yeah. Other than the mucus. Ew. Yeah. yeah. So this is definitely that time when the doctor mask had the that apothecary uh, mm-hmm. bird nose. Yeah, that bird beak. Yep. Here in the United States, we get screened for TB, but tuberculosis is a very uncommon disease here in the United States. Did you know that? Yeah. Only because my girls have had blood work done mm-hmm. pretty regularly, and that's always on there. TB. Yeah, I don't know if they just like group it in. <laughs> yeah, do you remember that TB test that you used to get? Yeah. Where they prick your skin? Yep. Yeah. Okay. And then once you get older, they're like, just fend for yourself. <laughs> yes. Forget it. You're over 18. So yeah. <laughs> right. Or I feel like they'd be like, you're old enough to notice if something's up. If you're coughing up blood, you'll come in. If you're coughing up blood, you better get yourself to the doctor. Yep. So Carl went to the Mediterranean island of Corsica uh-huh. to recover from the TB. Carl. I know Carl. <laughs> Every time I say Carl, I think of Jimmy Neutron. <laughs> Carl. Yes. The TB. Oh, priceless. If you haven't seen it. With the bird beak. Oh, it all all connects. It all comes back. Full circle. (laughs) Carl went to the Mediterranean island of Corsica Uh to recover from TB the spring of 1901. I love how the cure for everything back then was go get fresh air. (laughs) Fresh air. Yes, exactly. While there, he met a widow named Josephine, but I also read Josephina, Uh but in more places it said Josephine. So we'll just say Josephine. Okay. Molitor. It's M-O-L-I-T-O-R. It said Molitor. Josephine had seven (gasps) children. Wow. The first five are out of the house. Uh Uh-huh. Josephine was in Corsica with her two youngest daughters, and they were 25-year-old Lena, Carolina, Francesca, Emma, and her 19-year-old daughter, Olga. Ooh. (laughs) Who's the favorite there? It's like that story, Tiki Tiki Tembo, about the boy that fell in the well. Oh. It's a story about a Chinese boy with a really, really long name uh-huh. who falls in a well. No, I don't know it. It's like Ricky Tiki Tavi, Nosoravi, Holly Holly Hoochie fell in the well, and then his brother Bo, or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> and by the time, yeah, he got tired out saying it. Yeah, by the time he, that name came out, yeah. the, the kid like drowned or something. <laughs> 
Sorry. <laughs> you just laughed off by the time. It's a story. It's like a, a wild tale. No, that totally is what it was by the time that he said the <laughs> name you drowned. Because he was jealous of the prettier name and then it ended up killing him. Yes. Yes. <sighs> the group of four, Carl, Josephine, Lena, and Olga, would go for walks together. Uh-huh. And both of these girls were very smitten by this polite, handsome, and flamboyant 20-year-old Carl. Oh, yeah. He's flamboyant because he's got that money, right? Yeah, he's a law student. Yeah, so, so he's coming into money. <laughs> he wrote it on a napkin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a la Broderick, if you didn't know. Yes, yes. <laughs> Josephine thought Carl was a good match for her youngest daughter, Olga, because the two of them were 19 and 20. Uh-huh. But Carl had the hots for Lena, the 25-year-old. Yes. When Lena had to head home to Baden-Baden, uh-huh. it's B-A-D-E-N-B-A-D-E-N, Germany. <laughs> <laughs> which was located in southwest Germany, Carl offered to escort her. Oh, this was back in the day when you needed an escort. When girls didn't travel alone. Right? So even though she's older and wiser and has a much cooler name. <laughs> in June of 1901, Lena took 2,000 German marks from her savings, and marks were the German currency at the time. Uh-huh. 2,000 marks was around 400 US dollars. Okay. And with the inflation rate and everything, that equals about $14,325.71 today. Okay, so that's a good chunk of money. That's a good chunk of money. With that 2,000 German marks, Lena and Carl ran off to Switzerland later in August of that summer. Oh, so he didn't take her home. They fled. Oh, no, they went home. Oh, and then she got her money and then they ran. And then they ran away. Later in August of that summer, Lena was shot in the chest. <gasps> oh, I did not see that coming. She lived. Thank God. It was rumored to be a failed, like, Romeo and Juliet type suicide pact. Uh-huh. So Lena would recover from her injuries, at which time Josephine would give her blessing for Carl and Lena to wed, even though Josephine was firmly against it. Like, you guys are not a good match. Oh, interesting. But it was probably because she almost lost her daughter. So she's like... Okay, whatever it takes, just don't die. Mm-hmm. Like, don't do that suicide thing again. Yeah, exactly. I don't want you with them, but I'd rather you alive. So that pair jumped on that blessing, and they got married on August 18th. Oh. So she gave the blessing in early August, and then they got married August 18th, 1901. Wow. It's mid-August, not even end of August. <laughs> <laughs> Mom gave her blessing. Let's go. Yeah. After the wedding, the newlyweds moved to Washington, D.C. in the United States. I did not see that coming at all. They had a daughter that they named Olga. Ooh. Yes, her sister was named Olga. Yeah. So I'll call this Olga, Olga Jr. <laughs> Olga Jr. was born on January 22nd, 1903. 2.0 over here. Yes, Olga. Uh, Just replacing her in the United <laughs> States. Yes. Ooh. Carl continued with his law degree and he graduated with high honors in 1904. How long was he in law school? Sounds like a long time. Right? Mm -hmm. But maybe with the TB kicked him off course a little bit. Oh, you yeah. Know. TB, the marriage, all that. And a kid. <laughs> Moving to the United States. <laughs> I mean, come 
on. In 1904, he was 23. Yeah. He established a law practice. Oh, wow. And he taught Roman law at George Washington University in D.C. No way. Yes. So he was like, oh, I was in school for literally a decade. Let me put this to good use. <laughs> yeah. I will open practice and teach. Yeah. I am milking this degree. So you remember how I stated Josephine was a widow? Yes. Her late husband left Lena a large allowance from his estate, uh-huh. which was set up to pay annually. Oh, so she gets a lump sum at the year instead of it like monthly? She doesn't get a, a lump sum at all. He left her an allowance. Got it. Every year she'll get until she's an old lady and she gets it all. That's pretty smart, right? The dad planning just in case. Yeah, so that way there's still some leftover, I guess. (laughs) It's kind of like when you win the lottery. Yeah, yes. It's better to not take the lump sum and to get it over time because statistics say if you take the lump sum, it's gone within three years. Yes. Yes. In 1905, Carl, for reasons unknown, asked Lena if she could ask her mother for that lump sum. Like, give me all. For reasons unknown. (laughs) For reasons unknown. We know why. We, yeah. We we know know why, why, Carl. Come on, Carl. Carl. In early November 1906, Carl, Lena, and their daughter, Olga Jr., (laughs) went on holiday to London and they stayed at the Hotel Cecil. Wow. While there, Carl purchased several items, including a wig, false beard, black hat, black coat, and a revolver. Wow, he just went to the register and was like, guess what I'm gonna do? Yes. <laughs> he sent himself a telegram uh-huh. from the Standard Oil Company requiring him to go to Berlin immediately. Berlin, Germany. From London. Oh, to give himself an alibi. On November 3rd, 1906, Carl left Lena and their daughter in London and headed to Germany, stopping in Frankfurt. Okay. On November 6th, so three days later, he put on his disguise, which he thought was a genius, but in actuality, it drew attention to him (laughs) because people remembered seeing a man in a fake beard. What was the quality of wigs and beards in the early 1900s? Yes, in 1906. Exactly. He then traveled in disguise to (laughs) Baden-Baden. Someone's like, wait, he's got animal fur on his face. Yes. You might as well go in the bathroom and get the dust up and just stick it to your face. Yeah, exactly. It looks like he just rolled around in a barber shop. Just like, oh. That's exactly what happened. <laughs> so now he's in Baton Baton. Okay. You know where Lena's from. Yes. Once he was there at 5.20 p.m., he telephoned. Looking like the thing. <laughs> thing from the Adams Family. That guy that's just all fur. Yeah. I don't know. I thought it was the thing. Is it not? Well, I'm going to look it up while you do this. Okay. (laughs) Once there at 520 p.m., he telephoned Josephine's house and he talked to her maid. Okay. He stated that he was from the post office and there was a package there for her. So Josephine and Olga Sr. set off to receive this mysterious parcel. Okay. As the two turned onto a deserted street, there was a flash and the old woman fell to the ground. (gasps) Oh. 
A bullet had pierced her heart and killed her instantly. No. Olga Sr. began to scream, which drew the attention from the police. They went running. Uh Autopsy showed that whoever shot that fatal shot was no more than three feet or 0.9 meters away. Oh, so this was up close. Mm -hmm. A few people said they saw a man running from the scene, and they stated that he appeared to be wearing a phony beard. (laughs) (laughs) Did you see a Harry? I thought it was Teen Wolf over there. (laughs) Suspicion immediately fell on son-in-law Carl. Uh There was some incriminating evidence against him. That maid who answered the phone earlier that night Uh thought that the voice matched Carl's voice. Ooh, he he disguised his body, but not his voice. Yes. In Frankfurt, police learned that Carl hired a hairdresser to make a fake beard for him. (gasps) Wait, wait, wait. It really was hair. It was human hair <laughs> from a hairdresser. I was just riffing. You know when you're finished getting your hair cut, they come with the broom. Yes. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. I can't believe it. Police also learned that Carl took the train to Baden-Baden at 11 a.m. and returned on the 10 p.m. train on the same day, November 6th. Ooh. On November 9th. So three days later, Carl finally made it. Oh, it's Cousin It. Okay, Cousin It. Say what your thing was. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> November 9th, three days later, uh-huh. Carl finally made it back to London uh-huh. where police were waiting for him to promptly arrest him. No way! They just let him make the journey. Yeah, they let him. I love it. <laughs> Back then, they didn't have cars yet. Oh yeah, so they <laughs> couldn't even stop the train if they wanted to. I forget that this is the early 1900s. <laughs> no. That train was going. Yeah. Like, there was nothing. Nothing. <laughs> nope. That train's going. I guess they could have got on a horse to try to make it to the next stop. but Right? It just like ran beside and was like, hey, hey. I know your question. Yes. Why did Carl kill his mother-in-law, Josephine? I can't imagine. Why would he go to this extent? Because back when Carl told Lena to get the whole lump sum of her inheritance, uh-huh. which was $50,000 equivalent to $1,790,714.29 today. And that's just her part. Just her part. Wow. Josephine said no, and that denial pissed Carl off. Oh my God. Yes. So he stomped his foot. <laughs> uh huh. He said, Well, if I bump off my mother in law, then no one's stopping yeah. that little inheritance. I mean, who's to say that his wife would have even been into it? Like, Lena might have just said, no, I like having the stipend. Yep. I don't need that million dollars. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. In June 1907, 31-year-old Lena went to visit her husband in jail. Uh-huh. The two chatted for a long time, and when she left, guards noticed she seemed really down and depressed. Uh-huh. She traveled to Switzerland to go for a swim. No. Yes. A boater pulled her lifeless body from the frigid water. Wow. A suicide note was found, and Lena stated... 
she could not bear to be separated from her husband, quote, notwithstanding his awful deed, unquote. What? She also asked that her daughter's name was changed to avoid shame brought on the family. Wow. So no more Olga Jr. That response totally threw me. Me too. Yes. Because, uh-huh. man. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess she was already willing to kill herself before. Mm-hmm. That's true. Because she already tried. For love. Yeah. And so I guess she was already in deep. They knew something was wrong, but nobody stepped in. Yeah. On July 17th, 1907, Carl's trial began. Uh-huh. He pled not guilty. <laughs> it wasn't me. Didn't you see that guy had a beard? <laughs> <laughs> that guy had a beard. I'm clean shaven. I can't grow one. See, it's splotchy right here. <laughs> I've got this rash. <laughs> The jury heard testimony from the barber (laughs) about the fake beard. (laughs) Carl himself testified he did indeed make that phone call, summoning his mother-in-law to the post office. Uh But he said it was only to get her out of the house so he could be alone with Olga Sr. Oh, so I'm, I'm not a murderer. I'm just an adulterer. I'm just having an affair. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Jurors were allowed to freely discuss the case with local townspeople in the evenings during the trial. No way. So they all just gathered at the (laughs) pub and just said their things. Yes. And it makes me wonder when sequestering began. Yes. Like you're sequestered, you're sworn not to talk about this because they all were chattering. Right? And you know it. They're all doing Jägermeister. Yes. <laughs> For a dollar. Less than a dollar. And just letting things slip. <laughs> <laughs> Crowds began to gather outside the courthouse. Uh-huh. Many were charmed by Carl and they were on his side. No way. Yes. What was it about? this guy they said uh, flamboyant 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 yeah. makes you wonder what did it mean back then i think they probably didn't have the words a charmer yeah one of those guys you can picture him he was the julius caesar of his century yes exactly <laughs> he was someone that apparently like got around a lot julius caesar mm-hmm. i didn't put it in but he shagged his way through ancient rome <laughs> <laughs> shagged <laughs> The trial went on for five days uh-huh. and the number of people in the crowd outside began to grow and there was a great mass of 20,000 people. Wow. When the verdict came in, many stormed the entrance. Oh, that's that's scary, actually. The Molitor women, so Olga, Lena, and Josephine, uh-huh. they were somehow cast as villains in this twisted tale. What? They were. And Carl was sentenced to death in the traditional manner beheading with an axe whoa after appealing several times the conviction was upheld but after one appeal in 1914 his sentence was commuted to life in prison so he just kept trying and trying until they were like fine we won't cut your head off fine Carl spent 1907 to 1919 in solitary confinement. After that, he probably was like, please cut my head off. (laughs) That's a dozen years. Yeah. The thought of that just... Is it better, right? Carl was released from prison in September 1924. Yes, only 10 years. What? After his appeal, spending only 17 years total in jail. Wow. 
he had one condition for his parole. Uh-huh. He was not to write anything about the case. <laughs> After he defied the condition of his parole. Yeah. He wrote two books. Because, I mean, you saw the audience before. Mm-hmm. Oh, huge. How could you not? A warrant was issued for a rearrest, so Carl vanished. No way. He... Yes. No way. No one knew what happened to Carl until March 12th, 1926. He was found in Trivoli, Italy, after completing suicide by shooting himself. Oh, wow. He was identified through his fingerprints, or by his fingerprints. Yeah. Wow. Now I know what your question is. What? What happened to Olga Jr.? Yeah, where's his poor daughter if he was on the run? So she was adopted by Mr. and Mrs. Masters and moved back to the United States in 1925. Side note, with six of Josephine's other children still alive, uh-huh. not sure why Olga Jr. wasn't raised by the family. Yeah, right? <laughs> yes. Especially by her namesake, Olga Sr. I know. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, there's bloodlines there. I don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> um, she was born an American. We are German. <laughs> but it was the early 1920s, so who know. knows? Maybe they died, or maybe they couldn't afford her. Oh, yeah. When it was the 1920s, maybe things happened. Intercontinental travel and stuff. Yes. You know? Olga Jr. was renamed... To Ruth Dorothy Masters. Oh, cute. What a nice 1920s name. Yes, Ruth. Yeah. She married an admiral Ooh. named Hyman G. Rickover. Oh, you forget that names like those existed. The poor guy. I mean. The poor guy's name's Hyman. Like the nickname Hyman. <laughs> yeah, Hyman. Yeah. Hyman. Isn't that like a piece of skin somewhere? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Hyman G. Rickover was also known as the, quote, father of the nuclear navy, unquote. Whoa. Pshh. Yes. No one said shit about his name. Yes. Not after that. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'll show you. No, nuclear navy. Nuclear uh, navy. Uh, I want to do more research on that. He could nuke you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Say shit about my name. <laughs> they had one child, a son they named Robert. Okay. He, he learned from his parents' mistake. Yes. We love our child. <laughs> <laughs> Ruth, a.k.a. Olga Jr., passed away on May 25th, 1972 at the age of 69. Oh. A number of books and articles were written about this case, mostly during the first half of the 20th century. Uh-huh. The legal system in Germany changed to conform to federal legal standards. No way. Because of this case. Yeah. And two movies, one in 1925 and another one in 1949 were made about the case. Uh-huh. And this was a case where Lena should have listened to her mother. Oh. Oh, snap. Yes. <laughs> I mean, the drama of it all. Mm-hmm. She was willing to give Carl everything. She was. She gave him her heart and didn't look back. Yeah. I wonder if it was her first love at 25. I mean, for the times, honestly, yes. I, I believe. Because I feel like 25 was spinster age almost. Yes. Because there was a small window. We've all watched Bridgerton. <laughs> yes. Yes. And she went on holiday with her mom and so. Yes. Yes, Whereas the 
16-year-old was marriage age. Mm-hmm. I bet that's what it was. Yes. Like, if I don't have him, like, what am I going to do with my life? All right. Well, thank you for telling me that. That was a good one. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks. I tried to go a little different. Yes. Well, guys, like uh, Lena didn't, remember to listen to your mothers. And make good choices. Stay nosy, neighbors. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you for joining us. I'm Mary. I'm Kylie. And you've been listening to Sipping with Snacked, a true crime podcast. Be sure to follow us on our Instagram at Sipping with Snapped. Twitter at Sipping Snapped. Facebook, Sipping with Snapped, a true crime podcast. Join our Patreon, Sipping with Snapped. And if you forget all that, go to our website, www.sippingwithsnapped.com. We've got links to everything. Cheers. Cheers! Logan, say I love you.